Welcome to Identity of Health. My name is Matt Rowe, the founder of Identity of Health, a certified health coach who was diagnosed with MS and found that MS was the greatest gift ever handed to me. If you are looking for inspiration and motivation, you are in the right place. During each episode, we are going to hear inspiring stories from those that have gone on to live incredible lives after they have been diagnosed with the disease, along with meeting those that are healing others and improving their patients' lives. Now come join me for your dose of inspiration. Welcome everybody to the Identity of Health podcast. I have the pleasure of having Georgia Gray with us today. So Georgia is the founder of Whole Body Healing Nutrition. She is a certified health coach, holistic health coach, and specializing in autoimmune nutrition. Georgia sent her debilitating autoimmune disease symptoms into remission through the healing power of food and self-care. She passionately helps her clients get their life back and feel their best through her individualized holistic nutrition coaching. Welcome Georgia to the podcast. Thanks for having me this morning, Matt. It's good to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited. I Ever since I met you, I was like, oh my gosh, this woman knows what the heck she's doing. And I love your approach and how you did it. So tell me about your story a little bit. Let's go back. And so when did you realize you had an autoimmune condition? What was it? What were you feeling at that time? And all that type of stuff. So yeah. Definitely, definitely requires some rewinding. Um, so I had always been an athlete my whole life. And about my senior year of college, so 2011, 2012, um, I started to just develop this really bad joint pain where after being you know, a lacrosse player and field hockey in high school, I all of a sudden couldn't really run anymore because my joints were just hurting really bad. Um, and then on top of that, I had super bad acid reflux, really, really bad migraines and headaches and kind of settled into this place of, okay, every day at three, I get a headache and need to take Advil. And every now and then um, I get a migraine where it's to the point where I'm vomiting and in bed and horrible and was on a super high dose of an acid reducer and, you know, no one, no doctor really knew what was, what was going on. So Long story short there, I figured out I had celiac disease, which is an autoimmune response to gluten and cut out gluten, have never had a migraine since my joint pain went away, my acid reflux went away. And, you know, this was 2011 and I went to school in Dallas. And so gluten-free really wasn't um, what it fortunately is today. So I was really forced to read labels and look at what was in my food and, um, then from there it developed just this fascination with food where then all of a sudden I was wondering, huh, why are there, why is there this ingredient in this food that I can't pronounce? And you know, what is, how do I cook and just develop this love and passion for food? Um, so I'd actually studied to be an elementary school teacher. So I graduated college and I ended up teaching in Dallas for two years. And while I was teaching, um, you know, I'd come home from school every day and read books on nutrition, watch documentaries and figured I might as well get my degree. Um, so while I was teaching, I got my degree through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. 
um, and then moved back to Denver in fall of 2014, where I'm from, um, and got another teaching job. So kind of right around that fall 2014, um, when I moved back, I all of a sudden got this kind of onslaught of symptoms again. Um, and up until then, I had felt pretty okay and, you know, really had managed my celiac with going gluten-free, but then all of a sudden, um, just kind of these weird symptoms started to arise. So it first started with my memory, which was really scary. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate where kind of the first things that pop up, you, you kind of wonder, is this in my head? Is this real? What's going on? So, um, yeah, just all of a sudden was getting this <clears throat> memory loss where I would, you know, miss meetings at work and have conversations a couple minutes before that I didn't remember. And, you know, my parents at the time were super worried about this and thought maybe it was from concussions in high school. And um, so that was kind of the first thing. Then I started to get really bad sensitivity to light and noise. And then kind of the big trigger, which I think helped validate, okay, something's wrong, was I woke up one morning and then all of a sudden my, um, left pinky joint would just start to swell. And then that swelling developed into just, it puffed, it was enormous. And I would just get this phantom joint pain and stiffness all over my body. Um, so that was fall 2014, that winter of 2015, I broke my wrist skiing. And while I was at the hand doctor, I just said to the doctor, hey, you know, can you, can you look at this pinky? It's, it's swelling. They thought it was maybe some sort of fracture and I told them, no, I didn't, you know, I'd never damaged this. And so I was kind of, you know, it's just this kind of fracture. And they put that finger in this brace from February to August, 2015. And come August, 2015, it, it still wasn't better. And I just remember looking at the hand doctor and saying, hey, this just feels internal. This feels like something is just wrong with me inside. And it really was that standing up and advocating for myself that things started to shift. And I said to them, you know, can you do some blood work? I, I think, what if this is rheumatoid arthritis? My dad has RA, it's genetic, maybe there's something here. And they looked at me and said, well, you don't have RA. And if you do, you know, you wouldn't be on the medication anyway, because then you can't get pregnant. So that was the first thing kind of planted in my mind on autoimmunity ran some blood work and came back with a really high rheumatoid factor. So they diagnosed me fall 2015 with RA. And I remember going to rheumatologist and there was just, um, you know, drips and IVs and they wanted to put me on methotrexate, which can affect your fertility. And I was 25 and I just looked and I just said, no, I'm not doing this. And I think beyond that too, I had this gut feeling where I just, even though this was in my blood, I was like, I, I just don't think this is what I have. I don't think this is RA. Um, and, and thankfully I had my nutrition degree, even though I had put it kind of on hold just because I didn't feel well. Um, and I just knew, okay, I can figure this out a different way. I'm not going on just medicine as my, um, my first option. There has to be another route. So then it was, so that was that fall. And then that winter, I ended up getting diagnosed with Lyme disease. And Lyme disease is a tick-borne illness, which can actually mimic 
other autoimmune conditions. So some of my doctors have said, you know, you don't have RA, this was just Lyme disease mimicking RA. Some of doctors have said um, you have Lyme and RA. Some have said the Lyme created the RA and perhaps the celiac too. I don't think it, it really matters. It hasn't affected what I then did and how I lived my life, but um, got that Lyme disease diagnosis and then, you know, really spent two years figuring out, okay, what's the best nutrition for my body to get better from this? And then, you know, really worked on cleaning up my diet, detoxing my body. Um, and then I think more importantly and, and bigger than anything, it was, I found that Lyme was, you know, my, my biggest teacher. And it was just this opportunity where I wasn't slowing down to love myself and take care of myself. So the universe said, okay, now you need to stop. And now you don't have a choice. Um, because shortly after my Lyme diagnosis, I actually tore my ACL and was stuck in bed for a couple of weeks. And so it was those couple of weeks in bed with these, you know, autoimmune diagnoses with Lyme, with the torn ACL, with, you know, Epstein-Barr and a bunch of other viruses. It was just, okay, Georgia, enough. You know, you can't push your body this hard. You can't be this go, go, go. And it's time to really look at your stuff. Um, wow. So the, the universe was telling you to slow down in a big way. Like, how many more times do I have to smack her upside the head to let her know that, yeah, you need to sit and be at peace and slow and be quiet. Wow, that is amazing. So keep going. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, it's just, it's it's so true. And it was, I knew that all along with like the wrist, this diagnosis, this and this. And I just kind of kept ignoring it. And then finally it was like, okay, ACL. And then I remember even just kind of being like, okay, I should have known. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, healed from that, from my physical injury and then yeah just figured out okay what foods work best for my body how can I really detox my body and then I think where I actually got better was that self-care piece and so just comp and, and it's this is something I work on with my clients too that I think is really hard where you almost have to mourn this past identity where you know you no longer I no longer could be that person to go for some crazy long run. That just wasn't me anymore. Um, and that was okay. So a lot mm -hmm. of self-acceptance, a lot of love, a lot of grace, a lot of meditation and baths and reading and journaling and um, just really taking care of myself. And so really came out of the woods from that and somehow managed to hold a teaching job <laughs> through all of this. Through all this, you're still teaching through still teaching. all of this. Yes. My wow. kids would, you know, leave for art and I would just lay on the floor of my classroom and just was exhausted. Um, it kind of came out of the woods and started to feel a lot better and realized, gosh, I had these diagnoses and I had a degree and I still felt so lost of what to do. And it, it truly was this calling of, I need to help people with this. Um, so yeah, I came out of the woods, started my business and spring of 2017 while I was um, still teaching built it on the side and now I've been helping people with this for two years full time so it was definitely a journey but um, it's what now allows me to do what I do so mm -hmm. that's a ex 
expedited version of, of my story. <laughs> that, it, that is amazing. And when you look at, you know, the universe coming and really telling you, hey, slow down. Like you've, you're, you're running at 110, your car is in the red. And if you continue down this path, this is the life you're gonna live. You're gonna be in pain, you're gonna have RA, you're gonna have symptoms from Lyme disease. This is gonna, all these different things kept coming up, letting you know that, hey, you know, I need to kind of wake you up a little bit. And you did. So you said that you dug into the self-love aspect of this is really slowing down. And like you said, through meditation, taking a bath, like really kind of reframing your type A personality and going into more of a, okay, go into the flow of it, which is extremely difficult. <laughs> yeah, when you're go, go, go. And then somebody goes, you know what, slow down a little bit, but it's you telling yourself to slow down through all of this. What was the hardest part? of the self-love aspect? Mm, that's a good question. I think the hardest part was um, just kind of accepting, accepting it and accepting a slower pace of life. Um, mm. And then it became fun, right? Then self-love becomes fun and the self-care piece becomes, I think, enjoyable it's hard work but I think it becomes fun but I think it was yeah I was used to someone who was running marathons and so then to be told hey you can't run anymore and to just say okay I need to go take a nap right now or I need to I would love to go to dinner and out with my friends but I know I'm going to be wrecked for a week if I do that so I think it was um yeah I think that acceptance and then saying no to a lot of things I wanted to do in order to rest and take care of myself. Mm, that aspect of saying no. But at that point, you're honoring yourself. It's under that self-love aspect. Self-love is part of the aspect of saying no to some things. Totally. And feeling like you have to be everything for everybody. You totally. can just be the beautiful you that you are in all these cases and all these sets. So you talked about, you know, something I found interesting that you had said is something about identity is that when you stepped into it is mourning your past identity of who you are. Mm -hmm. It, that is, that is you, I've never thought of it that way, but yes, is, through our lives, we create this identity of who we think we need to be or who we should be. And for you, it was a teacher, it was an athlete, it was somebody that was go, go, go. And this is brought up from childhood, from a very early age, could go back as far as four years old, that you're ingraining this identity and building this up inside of your life. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that everything you've been doing for the last 25 years, yeah, we need you to change that. Right. And so to mourn that piece, how did you mourn that piece? What type of things did you do to help release that past? Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. And I think when we fight it, it's even harder. Mm -hmm. um, but again, once I grieved it, then it was kind of like, oh, it's kind of a relief. I don't really, I don't know if I really wanted to run that much anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
I think a, a, a big matter of it was um, really feeling it, which, you know, I, I think it's also important to note this is something I've kind of realized this past year where it's like this journey of self love and slowing down, like there's no destination. Like this is something I still work on every day. Like this is something I still have to catch myself to stop going, going, going. So I think that can be really helpful too, of like for anyone listening that this isn't someplace that you're just going to arrive where all of a sudden you have it all, everything figured out. So just keep that in mind. Um, But anyway, I think, yeah, it really was that grieving process of, um, I saw a counselor that was really helpful Mm -hmm. to just deal with that emotional piece of it. Um, And then journaling was really helpful for me too. Uh, That's always been a great release of just letting go of, um, yeah, I think I really had clung on to that identity of I'm an athlete. I'm you know, successful because I'm go, go, go. And that mm-hmm. makes me worthy. And so then it was this matter of, okay, without all of those things, can you now still love who you are? Um, yeah. So I think it, it was, it was doing that hard part of, of feeling it and being, yeah, being sad that I couldn't do a lot of things I was used to doing. So do you think your identity, like you had made that I am statement, which I think is, we all have an I am statement. I am a mother, I am a father, I am this. But when you remove those pieces out, who are you once the external is gone? Mm -hmm. You know, at that core. So is that identity, that I am statement, is that changed for you today? Yeah, I think it's, I think too, a big lesson from all of that was just, non-attachment to everything in general so i think now it's just more i am and just kind mm-hmm. of that's it yeah um, yeah and, and then i think too what's you know whether we like to admit it or not i think a lot of times in this process we can also get really attached to the disease so mm-hmm. also a huge piece of it was okay i'm detaching from this former self and then i definitely found myself attaching to i am sick I am, you know, X, Y, Z, which I think then make things worse. So I think it was Mm -hmm. also that such a matter of finding balance too, which I think can get a little overused, but I think it is really true and important as well. I think it is. And you made a great point. Your I am statement leads to your mindset. So if you wake up in the morning and you think I am sick, yeah. Well, then you wake up in the morning and you're laying there in bed and you're like, oh, I don't feel good. Yeah. And you're like, why am I doing this? And you start, maybe that negative voice comes into your head and then you get out of bed and this leads to your behavior yeah. that, you know, somebody comes to you and you show just exhaustion in your face, yeah. like from that outward appearance. And somebody may say, how are you doing today, George? And you're like, I'm tired. This is, and so our behavior shows this and then our actions lead that way is, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this. And they're really that sense of hope and joy and love that everything that it takes to help us to feel better and to heal is just mask. It's like putting syrup all over the top of it. So you just really can't even see it. And it's so sticky. You can't, it doesn't erupt out of there. But as you keep clearing it away and as you keep washing it, was there a moment in your journey where 
and it it's you know like you said it's not really like a pinnacle you reach you're like i am love this is great you know like you don't ever, you know you don't get to that moment it's an ongoing journey of self acceptance love and that grace that you give yourself but was there a moment along the path where you felt it inside of your body to where you kind of started you almost felt the release of that attachment of your previous self yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think it I think it was a lot of pendulum swings in both directions to find peace that was kind of back and forth a couple of times. Like I kind of back to that type A personality. It was like I got sick and then I was like, okay, I'm going to do the autoimmune protocol and I'm going to do it perfectly and I'm never touching alcohol and I'm never touching coffee again. And so I kind of swung this direction and then I did that for a few months and I was miserable emotionally. And then I went the other direction and I was like, screw it. I'm going to just be normal and do whatever, which <laughs> both places you don't feel well. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it was kind of like my ego exploring different routes of like, okay, I'm going to do this perfectly. And then like, okay, screw it. I'm going to just live my normal life. So I think it was, yeah, just that like place of, you know, okay, I'm going to eat this way to love myself and take care of myself. And I'm not going to go crazy to love and take care of myself. But if I have a cup of coffee, I'm not going to die. I'm going to, I'm going to be okay. So I think it yeah. was when I got, and I don't think it was some aha moment. I think it was more when I just kind of got to that place of that acceptance. And I think a part of that too was I stopped being a victim to it. I, I never, I was very careful to never call it my disease. Like it's not my disease. It's just a part of something that was in my body, but it's not mine. Um, yeah. so I think it was just really detaching from it. And then again, that balance where you, like, I think I got into that place of why is this happening to me? I feel so crappy. This is so unfair. That victim place. And then again, that other pendulum swing of, I'm just not going to think about it. And so then I think it's Good that matter of, okay, I feel a little joint pain. Okay. It's there. Let it go. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So I, I think long answer, but I, I think it was, um, yeah, wasn't one big aha moment, but it was a matter of a couple swings leading me to that place of balance. And I think it's critical for us. I think, especially as we go to reframe a new identity, it's, I mean, shoot, you've been exploring your past identity since you were four years old mm -hmm. and you were trying stuff and, you know, you were kids. So it was a little bit different in that, you know, in that relationship. But today as an adult, you're looking at this and allowing those swings to happen to say, where is balance for me? Yeah, it's an, balance is an overused statement, but the yin and the yang is finding that center point of yourself where you feel good, where you are in control in all of those moments that we have in our life that we can go lean on and we can say, well, that worked for me. Yeah, you know what, I'm gonna have a cup of coffee. I'm still good. But now your mindset has shifted in that to where you're vibrating at that higher level. You're sitting there at some point and you're vibrating with love for yourself, which is the highest vibration we can hit is love. Yeah. 
-hmm. And so as we do that more and more, we're getting into that state of being open to receiving, receiving health and receiving what we want in our lives. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful story, Georgia. Like, I love it, like in all that. So what's next for you? Yeah, so, and I think just before I answer that, like something that might be helpful for other people that I think was a good place to get to was getting to that place of I'm worthy and I'm enough despite having this disease, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And for me with starting my business for so long, I felt, I can't, I can't start this business until I'm here. And it was back to that kind of past self of that perfectionist tendency of I need to be in perfect health before I can start it. And so I actually started my business before I went into remission. Um, and And it ended up in the beginning being, I think, a powerful way to lead of, hey, I'm I'm still fighting this, but here's what I know how to do to help. Um, and then I've fortunately have been in remission from all of this since 2018. Um, but again, I think that's just a nice reminder that um, we, it might not ever be this destination where we arrive. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, right now I'm working, I work one-on-one with private clients. So, you know, looking at how people are feeling, really digging into it. Um, you know, they get that nitty gritty nutrition plan of, okay, here's what works to heal from these things. Mm-hmm. And then based on the person then I tailor it. So there's kind of a big framework of what I find is best for autoimmune healing. And then I toy with it based on the person. Um, and then, you know, I, I say this all the time, but you know, I always tell my clients, we can eat all the kale we want, but if we are not doing that self-love and self-care piece, then nothing shifts and nothing changes. So mm-hmm. um, I find with my clients, you know, we do the food, we, they get the hang of it if they follow what I say. And then, then we dig into the fun stuff of, okay, how do we slow down? How do we take care of yourself? So yeah, continuing to work with one-on-one clients, accepting new people, and then come, I'm really trying to do a lot more events this summer. I'm so excited to be able to do that again. So I'm trying to currently working schedules and calendars to get some speaking events going and workshops um, around nutrition. And then come fall, I'm hoping to keep doing my one-on-one coaching, but also shift into a bit more group coaching because I, I find there's just especially, you know, Lyme in particular, some people don't know anyone else with it. And so mm-hmm. I'm hoping to in fall or maybe early 22, 2022, create just some more group work and community for people to, to be together with, with these kinds of things. So. And I love how you put in, um, how you had said through this is I am worthy. I am enough through all of these pieces. So everything you're doing is not only for yourself, you're telling yourself constantly stepping into the unknown. I mean, being an entrepreneur is, it's not easy. I mean, nobody says, hey, Georgia today, this is what we need you to do. It's like, uh, I think this is gonna work. Let's go here, let's try this, let's make this happen. So that sense of I'm worthy and I'm enough. And, you know, individuals as they heal is as they start to step into that, know that every step of their journey is right. Mm -hmm. It's 
their awakening. It's their sense of finding their worthiness and their love for themselves and understanding truly that they are enough. Yeah. Everything that they are, no matter what they do, is enough. Yeah. And it's, it's such a dichotomy from how we grow up where we go through school and you're like, oh, you didn't get that answer right on that test? You're wrong. And then we're going to give you a bad grade. And then you you cascades you down. So you, at times we grow up thinking that we're not enough. We make a mistake. We don't do well on a test. We screw up at a sport or we make a mistake like, you know, being, being a teenager growing up and you push the limits and you get in trouble. And so we're reinforced as we grow up that we aren't enough, that you know, that those words of encouragement don't often come from your caregiver's lips. They don't, you know, sit there and say, you know what, Georgia, you are awesome. You are really good at what you do. Heck, I grew up in the Midwest. I don't remember those words even were in the dictionary. So you look at it and you're like, you know, now today, in order to heal what we have, it takes that essence of self-love and acceptance to be living in the moment of now. Mm-hmm. to enjoy this time that we have today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the uh, movie Soul? No, I haven't. Look, look up that movie Soul. It's an anime movie, um, but it's the same. Um, man, and I keep, I have to look this up, but the girl, there was a movie where there was a girl that was a hockey player and then they had a whole caricature thing of her mindset and they had anger and they had, love and they had so it was them going through this park and them trying to find what she needed for her life type of thing well it's soul is about a guy who dies and finding these moments that truly living in the moment of now is where we're supposed to be so definitely look it up it's definitely worth a look so i have one question for you before we end up yeah and the question is is what do you know to be true yet no one else believes you? I would say that healing is possible. Mm -hmm. Um, No matter what, that healing is possible. It is 100%. I believe you on that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Even when it doesn't feel that way, that, that it's possible. It's just another step. I mean, you're getting close. I mean, especially if you have a bad day, it's that moment of awareness that we have to say, okay, what did I do the last 48 hours? Mm-hmm. Did, was I stressed out? Did I eat something bad? Did this go down this road and go into that self-discovery of, okay, what, what can I do to help myself be better? Yeah. And sometimes it's doing nothing is what I'm finding too. Sometimes it's doing less and just more, less doing, more being. (laughs) I like how you said that. That is a great end for this less doing and more being. Yeah. I'm going to take that into my day. That that is awesome. Thank you, Georgia. (laughs) Well, thank you, Georgia, so much for being on the podcast and sharing with our audience your story and some inspiration that, you know, you can heal. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I feel like I could talk for another two hours with you, but it's, it's so good to, to be here. And I, I love what you're doing in terms of mindset. It's, it's so important. And, you know, again, we can do that food piece, but that self-love and mindset piece is, is where the, the magic happens. So it's an honor to be here and chat with you. 
Well, it's an honor to have you too. So thank you, Georgia, so much for your time. I so appreciate all that you do and all the healing that you're bringing. Um, it's just warms my heart. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope you left inspired. Leave us a five-star review and begin following us on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, if you are diagnosed with MS and want to join a supportive community, come join us on Facebook in the Identity of MS private group. In the show notes will be a link to join the community. Remember, you are good enough to heal anything And I hope you give yourself permission to heal.